I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Cinematic Universe podcast that's all about comic book movies which you can find at cinematicmultiverse.com. I'm your host Joe Cunningham and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Thor and Spider-Man 2 episodes. On today's show I'll give you my reactions to the comics that James recommended on last week's podcast. Those were Thor the 2007 relaunch from J. Michael Straczynski and Thor the Mighty Avenger. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past few weeks. And I think it's probably best to start things off with a couple of little announcements. Uh, first of all, very sorry this uh, mini-sode has turned up late. Um, I was a little bit under the weather in bed with a migraine yesterday, so um, the podcast unfortunately had to be delayed. Um, the second one is more directly news-related. Thank you for everyone who fed back to us on the news uh, section on the main show. Um, that feedback was overwhelmingly positive um, in terms of not losing the news from the main show long term. So, as I mentioned last week, um, I will be away for a few weeks forcing some pre-records of podcasts. So, we will be losing the news in the short term, but that's the very short term. Maybe two or three episodes and after that, news will be coming back and... After your feedback, we'll definitely not be going anywhere. To this week's news, though, and James Gunn released a piece of concept art for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and it's given us our first idea of what Pom Clementif's Mantis will look like in the movie. Um, and that is basically a white-skinned character, because my extensive Googling has told me that she's sometimes green in the comics, um, but she is wearing a green costume. She also has some big black bug eyes, and also some antenna. But hey, what am I telling you for? You could probably look this up online for yourself rather than me just describe what she looks like. But other than that, all the core team from the last film are together in the image, with Groot still firmly in his baby Groot form, which apparently will mean he is a kind of less experienced and more rambunctious version of Groot this time around. Um, also pictured as part of the team are Yondu and Nebula, which could mean they are more... Definitely on the good guy's side this time around. Plutona, which is an Image Comics miniseries from Jeff Lemire and Emmy Lennox, is being developed for film by Waypoint Entertainment. Um, that comic was a five-issue miniseries that debuted last year and followed a group of children who find a dead body. Now, so far, that sounds so stand-by-me. 
but it turns out that this body actually belongs to the world's greatest superhero and the kids have to deal with the fallout of their decision to keep their discovery a secret. Now, that sounds like a pretty great idea to me, and I might try and track this comic down now, because it sounds great, and especially given that it was written by Jeff Lemire, who was behind the excellent Essex County, which was a previous and very well-received recommendation on this podcast. Supergirl Season 2 cast is starting to take shape. Tyler Hecklin will be playing This World's Superman. Former Wonder Woman Linda Carter will play The President. Floriana Lima will star as Maggie Sawyer, who we discussed back on our Flash bonus episode. And Ian Gomez will be playing Snapper Carr. Now, in the past week, Chris Wood has joined the cast in a mystery role as a surprise DC character. And there are also a lot of rumours abound that some iconic DC heroes such as Batwoman and Oracle could be set to feature in the future of the show. Meanwhile, over on The Flash, we've had confirmation via a picture and some subsequent set pictures that Wally West will be suiting up as Kid Flash on the show this year. What's not clear is whether that will just be in the Flashpoint timeline or will also happen in the main timeline of the show once we eventually snap back to that. And finally, a new and pretty cool-looking Neil Adams poster for Powerless has revealed that Undateable's Ron Funchess has joined the cast alongside Vanessa Hudgens, Alan Tudyk, Danny Pudi, and Christina Kirk. Uh, the characters will also be working at the brilliantly named Retcon Insurance in that show, which debuts at mid-season in the US. And before we move on to the uh, comic recommendations section, I will point out, we've because this podcast has started recording late, we've started getting our first dribbles of news from San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to save all of that for next week's episode um, because there is going to be a lot to cover there and it probably, probably makes sense to keep it all together. But so far, some exciting stuff from the world of Netflix with... Uh, Maybe a Daredevil Season 3 renewal, a couple of looks at Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Defenders. Very exciting. Okay, let's now move on to discussing this week's comic book recommendations. Um, and this week, James recommended both of the comics, because it was just me and him last week. Um, the first one is uh, the one that is more his recommendation. He said the second one was the one he thought that Seb would probably recommend. Um, and his recommendation was, um, it was the main Thor series relaunched in 2007 from J. Michael Straczynski and Oliver Koipel. Um, and this was apparently the relaunch of Thor after he'd been away for a couple of years, um, followed on from the kind of the big Civil War crossover event in Marvel at the time. Um, Thor had been away after Ragnarok and is kind of brought back in the first issue of this by um, an apparition of Donald Blake who kind of appears to him and tells him that the world needs him and it's his choice but he probably should come back um, and um, I don't know whether later in the comic there is more explanation as to how that whole thing happened but basically Donald Blake appears and says you know, this is a situation, we need you to come back, you need to fight your way out of here, you need to show that you can still be the God of Thunder. And so Thor does and makes that decision. Um, except, so it sets up this kind of dichotomy with Thor being Donald Blake again. Except Donald Blake isn't really a 
big part of the comic. He's just kind of there. It doesn't feel like there's a separate character there. It feels like there is kind of just an earthly disguise that Thor can occasionally have. Um, but basically, when he picks up this stick and hits it into the ground, he transform he transforms into Thor, uh, the god of thunder, and um, then does his Thor stuff. And basically, um, across these first four issues, the idea is that Thor is trying to bring back the rest of Asgard and the Asgardians as well from that cycle of Ragnarok, because at present there's only him. So he kind of recreates Asgard on Earth um, and is floating it just above ground level, um, which um, attracts the attention of some of the Earth authorities. Um, not least Iron Man, who is working for the government and um, turns up in the third issue to kind of take Thor to task and say, hey, now you're back, it, that's great, but we're going to need you to fall in line because that's what superheroes have started doing since you've gone. And Thor basically um, beats seven shades of shit out of Iron Man and <laughs> says no. And also, you're going to have to deal with what you did to me during Civil War, which was apparently was to create this robot Thor clone based on some of his DNA or something. Thor's not happy about that. And so that relationship's not great. Um, but the actual fight between Iron Man and Thor is pretty fun. Um, and so Thor has brought back Asgard and basically with overpowering Tony Stark manages, Tony manages to think of a workaround so that he can fob off the government basically to say, hey, maybe just leave Thor to himself for now. We'll we'll cross that bridge if we really need to come to it. Um but Thor is then, with Asgard restored, albeit down on Earth, is looking for the rest of his people, who Donald Blake has intimated are all kind of here on Earth, albeit in human form at the moment, and they don't know who they are, and it's going to be Thor's job to bring them back. Um, so the first guy that he's able to do that for is... Um, there is a guy in New Orleans who is uh, kind of really struggling with the impact of um, Katrina and uh, Thor recognises Heimdall in him and uh, and is able to kind of bring that realisation upon him and bring him back. Um, in the fourth issue, we see Donald Blake out in Africa doing some Doctors Without Borders kind of stuff. Um and there are these three kind of security guards who have been working together on on the Dots Throughout Borders project. And um, Thor, uh, as I'm sure anyone reading the comic realises very quickly, that these are probably the Warriors Three and is able to bring them back as well. Um, and so I just read the four, first four issues and I'm not sure whether this is kind of the way that the comic goes from here on in, which is kind of just Thor walking around, meeting different human people and going, oh, you're probably that Asgardian that I used to know. You come back now, one at a time. And I imagine it would probably build to a bit of a head. Like, I did find myself kind of intrigued, going, oh, I wonder how long I'd have to read on to see him bringing Loki back, for instance, because that was a, a character that I felt was missing here. Um... But basically, I, I found the whole thing a little uh, a little bit unsatisfactory. I wasn't really 
on board with this idea of Thor's mission being going around, kind of bringing back one person at a time. Uh, it it that that didn't as an idea seem that compelling to me and i don't know whether it does get more interesting and do more interesting stuff with that um but i i i think i think i would have preferred to just read thor in kind of classic thor guys because this was this was supposedly a reboot but i think this is a reboot for people who knew and liked thor already like for me it felt i i felt like i wasn't able to get everything out of it because i don't know beyond the movies much of the mythology of thor um and so bringing donald blake back it didn't really mean anything to me um going around and bringing these characters back i i didn't really understand how the whole process was working how can asgard be down on earth um why is it down on earth isn't Asgard one of multiple realms? Are the other realms that Asgard normally interacts with? Um, were, were they all destroyed as part of Ragnarok? Um, uh, I mean, maybe I would have had to have been reading Marvel comics for two years before this to to get all that kind of stuff, but I just definitely didn't hear. Um, and I did find it kind of frustrating. Um, I also wasn't a huge fan of the art style. I didn't really like the way that was drawn, although I think that's just personal preference. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I just didn't like the look of the character. Um, and yeah, I, I just found this difficult to really engage with. And I was considering reading more than four issues just to see kind of what direction it went in. And if it did go in a more interesting direction than Thor just going around waking one person up at a time. Um, I, I'm sure it must have done. I'm sure there must have been some kind of key villain introduced or some kind of key um, a threat that Thor has to face that maybe it's not as easy as simply going around and piecing Asgard back together that some people aren't going to like that. But yeah, it just it just didn't work for me um, as a whole. And it didn't... Apart from kind of wanting to see Loki, there was nothing else that really was pushing me forward to to read the comic. Um, so, I mean, it was fine, but I I was left a little bit underwhelmed. And I wonder whether that to get the most out of that comic, you had to be kind of in the Marvel headspace at that time, or at least know a little bit more. Because, I mean, I still haven't even read Civil War, so my Marvel knowledge of that era is pretty weak. 
Um, so I don't really know what kind of world Thor's moving back into and um, and what his history was prior to that. I, I basically know just the setup stuff, which is in the movie. Um, but we'll move on to the second recommendation, which is the eight-issue miniseries Thor the Mighty Avenger from Roger Langridge and Chris Samney. And uh, James mentioned that this was kind of an all-ages-ish kind of comic um, and that it was... Um, and yeah, there's just eight issues to this. And I can't remember whether James told me just to read the first eight issues or whether he told me to read less than that. But I just kept reading because this was great and this was what I wanted the first comic to be which was a kind of nuts and bolts this is kind of Thor origin story stuff but also hitting a lot of the the kind of touchstones of characters you want to see and things you want to see Thor doing um, this is a story of a Thor sent down to earth to learn humility um, and he does so by encountering Jane Foster and kind of learning to see the world through her eyes. Um, there is a, there's a, a fun little twist in why Thor um, isn't quite getting what he's there to do. Um, he has memories missing and he thinks that Odin might have done, might have done that. So he is kind of frustrated that he feels that he's been sent down to earth um, and stripped of the memory of what he even did to deserve that. Um, so that's all That's all really fun. Um, the art style here I enjoyed a lot more. This is from Chris Samney, who um, I've read... Um, I've been reading a bit of Black Widow, the current Marvel comic which he draws. Um, and I am, uh, yeah, definitely more of a fan of, of this style. Um, and yeah, so over these eight issues, I think the, the core of this... The core of why this comic worked for me was the relationship between Thor and Jane. And uh, when you get to the end, there is um, there is kind of the final page of the comic is a stone tablet. Um, and it starts off with, And it came to pass that Thor the Mighty Avenger did end. All the readers came and they were all a Twitter. And they did open the final issue and turn to the last page. And lo, there did they read these simple inscriptions. And uh, it's kind of just nice little... Uh, messages from the creative team behind the comic about uh, how fun it's been to work on. Um, but the wrong Roger Langridge one summed the entire comic up for me. I was like, yes, that is why this works. Uh, his, his says, whoever holds this comic book, if they have romance in their hearts, shall possess the everlasting gratitude of Thor the Mighty Avenger. Um, and that's that's entirely what this comic is. It is for people with romance in their hearts. It's for it's for people who want to kind of hold on to that core relationship or Thor and Jane at the centre of things. And even though Thor is having different adventures in each issue, there is an Iron Man issue, there's an Ant-Man issue, there is a Captain Britain issue, there's a Namor the Submariner issue... Um, at the core of all of it is Thor and Jane, and it's a really, really sweet story where Thor is on Earth, he is learning humility, it kind of executes the storyline of the Thor movie better than the Thor movie does, uh, and is able to do it in kind of a way that it, it works over the course of eight issues, but also you could pick up any one, one of these issues and feel like you were just having a fun, self-contained Thor story. Um, maybe apart from the first two you probably have to read the first two together um, 
but apart from that, this this all works superbly, and it's fun seeing Thor interact with the other characters. It's fun seeing a version of this character who is kind of caught between the headstrong Thor, who is the the guy who needs to go and learn humility, and the guy who has fallen in love with Jane Foster and has learnt that humility. Um, there is a, there's a great scene with Namor talking to Thor about basically telling him, "Hey, you know, you've you've got so much potential. Um, you you remind me a lot of myself, and um, you need to learn to be a little bit less headstrong as well." And um, Thor hasn't quite reached that point yet at, at that part of the comic, um, but it works so well. It's such an entertaining little interplay, and seeing Jane kind of observing it. Um, is really fun as well. Um, the Captain Britain issue is particularly fun. Thor, the Warriors Three come down to visit him, and they travel to England. Um, uh, they're looking for. Uh, I can't remember what they're looking for. I think I think Thor is basically trying to find his way back via the Rainbow Bridge, and that takes them to Britain. Um, and yeah, they end up having, which is kind of the, this is kind of the formula of these comics. They end up having a fight with Captain Britain until realizing that, hey, we're all friends here. Um, what are we fighting for? Maybe I could learn something from you. Um, and I was just, I was just trying to find, I read this on Unlimited and I was just trying to find um, one of my favorite panels from this issue. Um, I found it and it has revealed that they were trying to find Trondheim. Um, so Thor goes into this British pub and he says, Look, it is very simple. I do not want a drink. I do not want any pork scratchings. I want the way to Trondheim. Uh, haven't got a waiter called Trondheim. We don't really call them waiters. Enough! I have been stuck in a chariot for two hours with a trio of bickering ninnies, and I am not in the mood for idle chatter. Trondheim, just point. Um, and that is when Captain Britain comes to uh, subdue Thor. Um, and that kind of, for me, summed up a lot of what's great about this. It's it's light-hearted. Thor is very Thor. He's kind of um, Chris Hemsworth Thor, smashing coffee mugs into the diner floor. That's the kind of version he is, fish out of water. Um, but he's also very different when he's around Jane, which is which is really sweet. Um, and you, so you've got the humour here. You've got the kind of hitting a lot of touchdowns of what. For me, anyway, I I know this character to be, um, and yeah, I just had a whale of a time with this comic. I kind of went online afterwards and was like, are, are, "Were they gonna do any more?" Because the story kind of ends at a point where you could just have a jumping-off point for a kind of regular series following this iteration of Thor for as long as you wanted, or you could at the very least do a second volume, kind of just continuing things. Um, and I was intrigued by James saying that this was um, kind of all ages comicy. I'm not sure whether that is the case. Definitely, a lot of it plays like it could be um, really good for kids to read. There's a couple of my, I mean, the villain in the first two issues is Hyde, who um, was the character that um, appeared on um, Agents of Shield, played by Carl McLaughlin. Um, he also, I think, showed up in a. Ghost Rider recommendation that I had on the podcast previously. Um, but basically, he is trying to force himself onto women, and Thor goes up against him to stop him doing that. And he also tries to kidnap Jane at one point. So that's kind of um, a little bit... Uh, a little bit kind of... I'm not sure whether that's all ages appropriate. 
And then there's a wonderful part in the penultimate issue when um, Thor and Jane have kind of had like a nice little meal together in Jane's flat and um, she mentions that she called her ex-boyfriend to ask him to collect the last of his, his stuff from her apartment and Thor's like, oh, right. And she's like, yeah, uh, but I don't think I want him around right now. And then you see them clink wine glasses and then you cut to morning with Thor's sheets untouched on the sofa, which is where he'd been staying up to now. Thor getting dressed and Jane singing somewhere over the rainbow in the shower. Um, and then they, Thor is about to go off to be Thor and Jane's like, oh, why are you leaving? And looks out the window and there's loads of destruction outside. And she says, but that's impossible. We were here all night. How could we not notice that? And Thor says, perhaps our attention was wrapped up in other matters. Um, which I thought was really a really <laughs> nice workaround of, we all know what happened there, but maybe if you're a slightly younger reader, you um, you can miss that particular uh, beat in the plot. Um, but yeah, I was, um, I was head over heels for Thor the Mighty Avenger um, in a way that I... I wasn't really for the Thor 2007 relaunch. Um, Thor The Mighty Avenger felt like a comic that you could pick up as someone who didn't know this character or knew very little about this character. Or basically, it was made for me as a guy who knows the character from the movies and wants a bit more comicsy stuff from him. Whereas the J. Michael Straczynski force, it just felt weighed down by continuity, even though it was supposed to be a relaunch. Um... I just felt like I wasn't quite on its level while I was reading it. Um, so, yeah, that that was that was my reaction to these two Thor comics. Um, and um, I would be interested to read some more Thor, um, especially if Roger Langridge came back and did more of Thor the Mighty Avenger. That would be perfect. Um, but that is it for this week's show. Don't forget that the next episode of Cinematic Universe will be focused on Spider-Man 2, which I'm very excited about. Um, if you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review or support us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. You can find more episodes of the show on cinematicmultiverse.com and you can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter at cu underscore podcast or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 